chatting. Look at my chat gate. I must chat like all the other chats. So I, I think you saw. I think, I think you saw the lot. The last podcast. No, I did it. Was a free for all. Oh my god! <laughs> it's gonna be one of those podcasts. Huh? You know what? Any podcast is me. Anything with me is always a fun time. It's the Joshua Moonless podcast. subscribe button and don't forget to hit the like button and also to get daily updates hit that ring-a-ling-a-ding-ding-ding bell for notifications as soon as a video comes up you well i mean um it's really interesting because i always feel like when it's other musicians or other creatives seriously look at this dude's walk look at him we're people watching right now (laughs) we're making a podcast after this called people watching and we're gonna take his fancy dancy camera to like different places like walmart or whatever during the rona and we're going to just talk about people and make up stories for them and talk for them and talk for them that's it <laughs> so before we go into the podcast <laughs> we've kind of already been chatting here yeah uh we do have a wine which is one hope wine and uh i got into the wine business and you can actually buy this wine i'm going to link it in the description below and anytime you buy a bottle or a few bottles a nonprofit gets part of that donation so how much so how much do they get for like okay what is the bottle limit because you're saying bottles and yo como la huayna aquí you buy enough (laughs) so so the cool thing about it is you can actually get a subscription and uh i'm not sure exactly how much it is but i'll link it all in in the description you can check it out but he owns the he owns a part of the business so just trust him so just trust me just buy the wine it's gonna be good (laughs) buy a wine support a nonprofit. (laughs) what are you doing there you already buy wine already for the rona i know you might as well buy it from me exactly veronique Yes. Before we go any further, let people know who you are. Hi, everybody. My name is Veronique Pedrano. I am a five-time nominated, never won, <laughs> the Hano Music Award um, nominee finalist uh, for Best New Female Artist and Best New Band. And I hope that um, all of y'all, if you haven't seen me before, I've been on um, Robert Lopez. He's a local guy. Um Nine shots, three shots, three. Sorry, not nine. Three not, shots. <laughs> three with, uh, shots. Three shots. Show. Yeah. He has. A, he has a YouTube cult show called Three Shots, Three Questions. So if you guys remember me from there, obviously my hair has changed. And um, I am at the Hano Singer, an artist, painter, artist, um, a publisher, a book publisher, publisher, and a jack of all trades is pretty much what I put it at this point. Because anything at this. The way I feel at this point is I'm an artist. So anything that I feel like doing, if I think I can do it successfully, I'm going to do it and I'm going to, and I'm going to put my all into it because I feel like when it comes to my music, it's like the cornerstone to launching me into everything else. Right. That's just me. Like, oh, I, I was doing, I was doing art without anyone knowing. And it was another artist, another singer the handle singer who had seen some of my work because i said oh yeah i've been painting oh you paint and then i showed them and they're like why don't you yeah they're like why don't you put this out i said well the one time i did no one bought anything (laughs) so i just put it back (laughs) so so let me ask you this when can you call yourself a professional when can i call myself a professional in anything or when can you call yourself a professional when you make money when you make money do you have to make it once or multiple times it depends on the person, but for me, I, because people go, oh, when did you start singing? And I always quantify it every time someone asks me that. I always say, when was I singing professionally or when was I singing? 
Because if you're asking just the basic, oh, when have I been singing? Then yeah, I've been singing since I was three because I, I saw Britney Spears and Selena and, and all these different artists. And you know, when you're young, yeah, you're gonna try to imitate them. Right. There is a most horrendous, wonderfully horrendous and cute <laughs> cassette tape of me singing. Uh, no video. No, no video. Oh, no, 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 no video. I'm sure there's a video somewhere, but no, this is a pretty gnarly, like you are a tiny child and it is bad, but it is so cute. <laughs> Like it is, it is that, it is that level. You're like, oh, you, you stink, but you're so cute. cute. You, you get a pass. Yeah, you get a pass because we know you're three. So let's talk about the coronavirus, the big elephants in the room. Oh my God. What have you been doing during these six weeks, seven weeks? I mean, most, a good part of the start of it. I knew, I knew what was going on before everyone else knew what was going on. How? Because I was publishing a book. Really? Okay. So um, at the time, we had a printer who we were working with who had a pretty much the printing operations not in the United States. Gotcha. It was in, it was overseas. And we heard about it around November, December. We, we knew, yeah. like I, my company knew. And we're just sitting there like, well, is this a thing? Is this just a localized thing? And then our the company we were working with just was not giving us a lot of details. And that was disconcerting to me Yeah, because we had a deadline. And then the first deadline got missed because these printers were just not having very, I mean, I, now that we see how everything's played out, we weren't the only ones that were missing information. Right. Like now I'm like, oh, okay, you know, this was across the board. People were just not getting information. If you were doing any type of work overseas, overseas in any way, you were not getting any information until the rest pretty much in january i felt something was up but you know at the time i had gone to the hospital um for issues with um surgery that i had had uh, a year prior medical stuff and it was just interesting because yeah i kind of knew what was going on i was aware you know my family um my parents worked at a hospital for many many years and so we kind of yeah. we were having these conversations but it didn't become a really really big deal until you know it started coming over here interesting because yeah i was listening to a, a video a youtube video with elon musk and they're such like, a trip when is everything getting back to normal and he was like well it's already getting back to normal because they have plants over there they have tesla plants they have his plants all that stuff over there i don't believe and him for a every, second and everything's already getting back to normal like the first ones that are going to know are the ones that have these massive companies across these i'm gonna tell you right now i work for a corporation and they're telling us it's not gonna get back to normal anytime soon you don't think so no they've told us that's <laughs> that's that's the weird thing though because i think that like certain people are vocal because they want it to get back to normal because they have vested interest right, right. in things getting back to normal. But so, I think that a lot of us who work for corporate companies who are still not going back to the office, think about that for yeah. a second. If you work for a corporation and you are not allowed to go back into the, your facilities yeah. still, and they have no deadline for when that's going to happen. True. USAA, all these other companies, like they don't have, I mean, I, I don't work for USA. I'm just saying like all these major companies that work here out of the state of Texas, not a lot of them have an ETA. They are just telling us overall, you know, they're telling a lot of people this is going to be a while. 
that's it. So what are your thoughts on that? Do you open up the economy and let people die? Or do you keep the economy closed and let it collapse? I think that there's a good middle ground. But I think that people who are working, like myself and many others who are still working, um, there needs to be a better way. They They need to have good emergency planning. You know, I think the reason why everybody looked at HEB the way they have is because, you know, surprising, not saying they're perfect, but they sure as heck had a good emergency plan in place yeah. for the things that happened. Yeah, they were just ev- fast. They were but, very fast. But they, along with everyone else, it, I listened to the interviews that they had and there was, I think they did one with Texas Monthly, and that's what really kind of yeah. opened my eyes. They're like, oh, we've been preparing for this since November. They knew. They knew. And that's where I'm telling you, like, a lot of us were given information, those of us who either work overseas or deal with, in, in any, in any, sorry, in any facet, if you were dealing with anything overseas, whether you were printing books as an indie yeah. publisher, whether you were doing anything. You had the heads up. You had a heads up, but you didn't know too much but you knew enough to be concerned right it's it's a very interesting time that everybody's Fries are living. done it's <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a very interesting time that we're living through because i have a lot of friends that own restaurants that that want to do things and want to open up right i think tattoo parlors should have already opened up that is ridiculous that they haven't they have one of the most cleanest safety measures. <laughs> exactly. They're put in, they're put in, it was funny because somebody put it up and I looked and I couldn't believe it, that they're put in line with strip clubs. Really? That's the reason why they haven't opened because on, on the hierarchy of like, I guess, groupings of businesses, for some reason, <laughs> tattoo parlors are seen in line with strip clubs. But in my opinion, that makes no sense to me because it's like a salon. Right. To me, if they they do the exact amount, almost, okay, I don't want any tattoo parlor, tattoo parlor people getting upset, but in the sense of they do work on people. Right. They are not, you know, I, I can't explain it other than that. Like, they're people that go to a hairdresser, you know, me going and, and getting my hair done. It's contact that right. takes more than just an hour, two hours, whatever. Yeah, and definitely. and tattoo parlors should be allowed to open. Period. It's it's a very interesting time because uh, I think well, for me restaurants eat. I think that dining is kind of ooh the videos that have been coming out. I'm like y'all y'all are y'all are just wackadocious for if, that. If they know how to do it correctly, well, because the first day that that the whole restaurants were able to, it open, was Mother's Day. I well no, it was, it was on, or Mother's Day weekend. It was. Here, let me see. I thought it was Mother's Day weekend that all of these things kind of opened up. It was, I forget when, but I took my wife out to dinner. And that first day. And I work with so how, how, how did Greg feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> so I took her out the first day it opened. And I work with restaurants, so I know what these guys are going through. They want to open their doors and want to bring in people. First day, we had the most horrid experience oh, no. Ever. Oh. Ever. The bartender made it bad. So he came out, put it gloves, gloves, mask, everything, right? And he started showing us his teeth with his fingers in his mouth. Can we not? Can we stop? It can was, we? Can we? But in a time that restaurants want to open their doors and get back to business, this is the first <laughs> thing, the first thing that we experience. No. 
And I know what I, I grew up in a restaurant. I know exactly what to look for. And I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, <laughs> you're like all of this. Yeah. No, <laughs> you I, are done. I'm closing you down. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, uh, oh my god, what's that guy restaurant? <laughs> yeah, yeah, restaurant impossible or something. <laughs> oh my, no, 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 that other guy. You're more, you're more like that guy, I, like a the, Mexican version of the guy from. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Oh, what's the I name know, of that show? It's on True TV. I busted out my laptop for this uh, stuff. I, my, why did some, you? <laughs> for some reason, my mic is not picking it up. As how does it sound on your end? What? My my voice, my vocals. You sound like a man. Okay, but is it coming in clear? <laughs> yeah. All right. What's I mean, it? I think I sound like I think you can hear no, the you, back of my throat. <laughs> It's protruding right through. I know. I feel like you can hear when my tongue hits the top of my mouth. It's very, it's very daunting. So, so restaurants are about to open at 50% capacity on the 18th. I'm not here for it. Y'all, y'all can go first. I don't need it. I think that's what a lot of people are, are restaurant tours are doing. They're waiting to see what happens. <clears throat> and, and that's what sucks is like. Oh, well, the thing is, is that people are going to go. People yeah. who have been cooped in are going to go. I don't fault them for that. Go do your thing. But am I going to go in there? No. No, I'm not. You you can continue to do whatever. You, I do not need. I can. Okay. I can easily order and get it picked up. I can easily go to Suerte. I can easily go to any of the restaurants. At Nana's Taqueria. I can go to any of the restaurants that I enjoy because now there's carry out. Now there's like I can order to go. Not that these places weren't doing it before, mind you. Right. But it's just now I feel more inclined to do that than to sit in a restaurant. And maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm cool with it. Other people aren't. Other people need to be people watching that much to go and sit in a restaurant to have the same experience. Well, let me ask you this. When <clears throat> does it become too much to be able to support these local restaurants? Because a ton of people are out of business. People aren't working. The money is running dry for a ton of people. We're at the highest point of unemployment. When does it become too much to support these local businesses? What do you mean? Like, when does it become too much to support like, them? I don't understand. Everybody, everybody's on the on the on the train. Like, support local, support local. Everybody's supporting local. There's never buying. a stop. No, there's never a stop to it. The thing is, is you have to be better about it. I mean, a business opened a business because they felt that they could have they had enough following during good or bad times. These are the bad times. So, so if, so if I am not a loyal enough customer to order during a bad time, then it just tells you the type of customer that you have. True. True. It's not so much a, a, a shot at you as a business. It's just a, just the consumer. The consumer now is having to learn so many things. Like you have to think about that. The consumer, at least here in the Valley they were not into, you know what? I find it hilarious. And I, and I, this is all part of that story. I find it funny because they did that real big push. HEB did back to HEB and this, this all ties in for the pickup, right? The curbside, curbside. curbside. for the app. Yeah. Nobody used it. Yeah. After, now, after, now everybody's no, using it. but now everybody's using it. People were not ordering in or ordering as much is this the beginning of a conspiracy theory 
No, I don't. I'm not. No, no, I'm not. Let's let's be clear. My brain goes what? <laughs> like I like I just squirreled at some lady who just opened her garage. Like no, we're not gonna we're not gonna go that far. But I'm just saying. I'm not saying it's a conspiracy theory. More so that this situation forced a lot of people who are not techs who have the technology but choose to not use it to use it. People who would yeah. normally not buy anything online and have it delivered to their home use Amazon use whatever this has forced them to evolve right and they had to learn it like literally overnight even restaurants they had to jump online overnight and a ton of them still don't know how to do it and so that's the thing it's either you survive and thrive yeah or you fail yeah so this is just business yeah any and, and and it sounds bad but it's any business that wants to stay in business will adapt to the environment that they are in they'll find a way yeah they'll find a way if they want to make money yeah <laughs> like yeah. if anyone wants to make money they'll find a way period exclamation point it's true it's it's just a very interesting time where where everybody even schools they had to literally jump on zoom overnight the thing is people were already using zoom that's the funny part like my class my grad school classes were already like my mom's like oh was it weird using zoom i'm like i never used it <laughs> but my classes would use it once a week to check in with the teachers but i never used it because i never needed to check in with the teachers up until this semester yeah. i heard the zoom stock went up but people were buying the wrong zoom stock I mean, let's just let's just remember everyone was getting technologically savvy overnight. Yeah. Se creían. Ah, dice Zoom, ahí voy yo. Zoom, buy it. Compre. Ahorita, estoy rico. But by the way, guys, if you like what you're hearing, hit that subscribe button below. This is the one of the things that I don't do with my YouTube channel too much. I don't go in for the subscribe. I need to tell people to subscribe. So I don't. I, I don't tell people I have to, to. No, I don't tell people to subscribe. You know why? Because that's so damn corny. <laughs> Subscribe to my channel. Subscribe now. Make <laughs> sure to hit that like button. Button. Bucking. Button. Do that again so I can use it as a sound clip for me. Button or button? Whatever you want to say. <laughs> Get free voiceovers right here. I know, right? <laughs> Make sure to hit that subscribe button and don't forget to hit the like button. Boom, there you go. <laughs> and also to get daily updates hit that ring-a-ling-a-ding-ding-ding bell for notifications as soon as a video comes up see you're so good at it I why am. do you not ask for the subscribe because i, I, I get it i okay, get it no i see so many youtubers ask for the subscribe and for and it's always you know the really big ones they don't ask for it anymore they stop. i have to debate that because i do no watch no depending depending no no depending James, like some of them have this script and for me it just uh, like there are scripted ones and i just don't like it i feel like hey if the content is genuine and if you like it i shouldn't have to tell you to subscribe you know what the hell the but system also, is also i come from the advertising and marketing world where I, if you don't tell people what to do they, they won't just do it don't know how to do it well, it's fine i'll it. add it at the end of the video not at the beginning because <laughs> i don't like it when they do it at the beginning i guess that's my thing I don't like the True, yeah. I don't like the beginning ones. It's like, yo, I'm barely getting into this. Like, I don't even know if I'm gonna like you. It's it's interesting <laughs> because I was looking at my YouTube analytics actually, and 89, 88.9 percent of the people that watch my videos are not subscribers. So there's a huge. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm, I'm a data and analytics. No, I'm a, I'm literally in the same boat as you. <laughs> like 90 percent of my viewers are not subscribed. Why don't you subscribe? Because I already tried and no lo están haciendo. 
I, that's the thing. I, I don't get it. But so I'm, I'm learning more. I'm getting into YouTube and I'm starting to get uh, more YouTube savvy because one of the things that happened was. Well, dude, you're monetized at this point. I don't even want to talk to you. Almost, like, I am, I'm I, almost monetized. What do you mean almost? You have 1,000. That's enough. Yeah, but you need 4,000 watch hours. Oh, my God. So if I go right here to my monetization tab. I'm sorry, but the fact that YouTube ended up giving a contract to the guy who made them pretty much take monetization away from everyone and what we don't get our money like come on y'all like at this point just roll back like what you guys did before you guys literally hired this dude now so that's, so pewdiepie that's yeah got yeah. yeah pewdiepie got so for anyone that is not like in the up and up the hip and hip the hippity hoppity way um pewdiepie um is a gamer podcaster I'm going to call him again, a Jack of all trades. He does pretty much whatever he wants, however he wants, but it's pretty much mainly streaming and YouTube. And he got in big trouble a few years back because he said derogatory statements. Um, I'm not going to repeat them because I don't know what they are. And two, it was in his native tongue during a, a gaming stream. Yeah. And literally overnight or within a week like not, it was not long after that incident that a lot of us who were on youtube on their you know creator monetization platform which at the time was really like they didn't require a whole heck of a lot the thing is you had to have x amount of i think it was like x amount for sure like yeah. over 500 or something and then everything changed and ev it changed the whole thing and it's like oh well you need to have this much and you, you needed to jump all these different hoops to be able to get monetized mind you I wasn't one, I was not one of those people that was getting a lot of money to begin with. So it wasn't a big loss to me, but for other people it was, and it just, it changed the way the platform works and I get it. It's frustrating, but now that you, that the company that made all these changes because of this one person is hiring said person many years later to be one of their like hired streamers for gaming because they don't want him to stop creating content because creating content. he stopped he stopped creating content for like two or three months yeah if, on the platform youtube is a platform <laughs> that wants you to come back over and over and over and over again and i'm not gonna lie i wasn't in. i wasn't into youtube for a while until um which is probably the reason why my channels never did well <laughs> because it wasn't until about maybe three three four years ago yeah. that i got into it that i started creating content for it and then you start building this this fan base and you're really getting now, at least, maybe because of the pandemic, you are getting a bit of a younger demo. Yeah, oh, TikTok is crazy. But I can't, we'll go, we'll go I can't figure that one out. You're you need to help yet? me. No, 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 I'm on it. I just can't figure it out. <laughs> I, I wish tried. I had the audience that I have on on TikTok on YouTube. <laughs> YouTube is such a hard place to grow because you're like clawing yourself to the top. Like I'm, I make long form content and I make other content that's marketing but this this type of long form content that gets me the watch hours because you have to have 1000 likes viewers and you have to have 4000 watch hours which is 4000 watch hours is a pain in the ass to get it sucks but i'm close i'm 2647 bro you're like <laughs> i don't know hey, where look it look i'm over the halfway marker that is true <laughs> i don't even want to tell you where okay let's pull mine out let's see let's but, see where we are but the reason why i started to to jump into more of the the monetization with youtube is because <laughs> i saw a lot of people losing their jobs and one of my things is my goal is to extract as much money from the internet as possible 
So did so you go do you, So do you invent, <laughs> invent in, oh my God, what is this? What is this devil? It's the one hope wine that gives back to charities <laughs> around the world. Around the world. You can have that feeling too if you buy from my store. I'll link it in the comments. <laughs> You'll link it in the bio. Link doofus. it in the bio. <laughs> yeah, that's. He's going to link it in the comments and in the bio, okay? I, could, I, I technically could link it in the comments. You can pin it in the bio. In the, no, no, you can pin it in the comments, <laughs> link it, it in the, the bio. The comments, where they're at now is weird. I liked oh, it before. So, so I had one of my YouTube videos go viral, and it was that uh, Quaden Bales. Do you remember that guy? He was a, a young, um, he has dwarfism. Mm -hmm. And he supposedly did one of the biggest scams on the internet and he got mm. a ton of money. So that went viral. And I thought Facebook was bad with people commenting. YouTube is horrible. Oh, yeah. People, people told me to go kill myself yeah. a bunch of times. It's crazy. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> He's like, it's crazy. I'm it's, like, it's oh, it's weird, great. It's a weird platform. I'm just like, yo, and it's the same person. And they come back. <laughs> Here's the really wild thing. They tell me to go kill myself. And it's been like. Like, I was worried that they may have, like, passed away. But then, like, next year, here they come. They come like again. They come as usual. And I'm like, man, this person is just, well. Bored. Well, when they're bored, I mean, I delete their comment. But then I'm just like, well, at least you came by. I'm, no, I, I tell them, hey, thanks for watching, dude. Oh, I did that once. Heart. He got he got super upset. He or she got super. <laughs> Firefighter 99 got super upset about that. I don't know why. I mean, I mean, I'm acknowledging you. What else do you want? TikTok is fun, though, because I do talk crap back to the kids that tell me crap. Well, I mean, they're children. They're children. And, and I don't say any bad words. I just like they say this is lame. I was like, you're lame. Like super lame, lame back, <laughs> because I get it. It's, You're it's, lame. It's it's a TikTok. It's 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 kids platform. So but, I mean, I don't think it's a kids platform anymore. Well, not anymore. And that's a great thing. I got I got advertising uh, rights to be able to advertise what? on TikTok. I was like, I was so jealous. I was like, it's oh. awesome. Like he gets to advertise, so and I'm, I'm over here like, it. I don't know why I keep having like a notification on of something. Are you on TikTok? Yeah, I'm on here, but I don't have that many oh, yes. people. Did you watch my how to go viral on TikTok? I was going to actually before oh, I came on here. I'm going to just have to make you watch it because I'm not going to tell anybody. By the way, what's really what's really funny is like look at look at when there, look at when I joined. Plug my channel here. Wait, give me a second. <laughs> look at when I joined this thing. Oh shit! I joined when the platform opened and I never got big. That's <laughs> what I do. Here's the funny part. The, the joke. The joke is I join every platform as soon as it opens. But I never do anything, so I don't get big. <laughs> okay, now we will plug. We already plugged his wine. Now what else are we plugging? By the way, if you want to watch how to go viral on TikTok, there's going to be a link up here. Right? No, just right over my face. Right over just put face. the video. Or th this way. I, don't, I can never tell on which one it's going to be on. But it's going to be up here. Just go watch just it. Just right over it. my yeah, face. Just put it right there. over my face. Just, <laughs> just a B-roll of the video. It's like all here. I'm now a box. So the reason why I got into YouTube is because I wanted to monetize, 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 monetize the channel Mono because at some point I don't want to rely on local businesses to be able to be paying me. I want you to see oh, yeah. here. I need to get a why he's monetizing, monetizing. I'm, I'm, I'm monetizing and he's monetizing. Okay. Keep going. I'm, so I'm bad. I'm that sorry. That was one of the reasons why, cause I wanted to make an extra income through the digital world of the internet. So that's always my goal is like to be able to make as much money from the internet as possible. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things I hate is selling to other local people, local people, 
the internet, you can sell to anybody. Yeah. It's awesome. Yes. Agreed. So you know what? What? You're going to have to entertain my people for like one minute right now while I go get a refill. Okay. Da, 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 da. No dead air. Oh, darn it. Oh, I thought you said don't don't sing that. I thought that's what you meant. So, um, oh my. Tell everybody how you want to make a podcast. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, um, so since he's gone, I want you all to know that I first met um, Mr. Morales. Um, wait, is it Morales or Moroles? He has like a different last name on his YouTube. Oh, my God. Don't tell him that. Don't tell him I don't know how to say his last name. Shh, silence. So is it Morales or Moroles? Moroles. Why have I said Morales and why have you not corrected me this entire time? Everybody says Morales. At one point, you just get tired of like, you know what? No, but you should tell me because I don't like people saying Veronica. Veronica, that's your new name for No, please don't. <laughs> please don't. Or Veronique. <laughs> because they can't, they can't figure out the IQUE, but they can sure as heck say Monique. So I don't understand. Okay. It's like huevos so, rancheros. Huevos rancheros. So you should have... Man, I should have asked you to talk me off. You, yes, yes. You. All right, keep my. my I am keeping your audience entertained. <laughs> <laughs> I was barely about to get into a story when I squirreled on your last name. So, um, so now that he's gone, I met Joshua because I was doing um, gigs in McAllen. I don't know why I'm talking as if it's a secret. But um, he was in that band, and it was around the time that I was living here in. Um, in McAllen and I had actually seen his band at a show if I am correct it's one of my favorite places but I always forget the name Flying Walrus. Flying Walrus and that's where I first met him and the band that he was with called Tren yes and that's where I first met and saw them and then and what's funny is that Greg Greg Alice. who was here last week right yes so Greg, he is now playing or was playing. I don't know if he's still, obviously, you know, with, with Corona and everything, but he is playing with another Tejano artist, um, Magali. Magali de la Rosa. Mm -hmm. And she, and so it's real funny, like the people that you meet here who just kind of branch out and all these different things and, and you go on and you do your thing. But it was funny because they, Tren ended up opening for me at Onion Fest. No, well, or yes. Was it? No, no, no. It was on, there was Onion Fest. Yes, but there was a tour that I put on around the state of Texas, and one of the tour dates was here in McAllen. Did I play that one? I don't know. I don't know if you did. Because I took a hiatus from then for no. I know you did, but I don't know why I feel like you were there. I might have at um. Oh my God! At at Yerberia. I had a tour date. I don't think so. Okay, maybe that was the one time you weren't there. But long story short is I had, I think I had contacted you though. I had contacted you to contact, to them, contact them about do opening for me for my tour date. And it kind of goes back into the fact that it's just like the Valley is a very tight knit community when you find the right people to be tight knit with. Right. So I think at this point, I've probably known you for about four years, four it's, or five years on and off. Like since I used to live, actually, I think it's been longer because I knew you guys when I used to live up here, which was about That's six, right. seven years That's ago. Right. Yeah, so it has been a while. Yeah. yeah I mean, we look great. We do. We age. Right. We age like fine wine. <laughs> fine one hope wine. 
Sorry. No, it was just I missed it. Like I wait. Like I, I missed. Plug. I missed the plug. I'm sorry. So that's what we were talking about earlier. Is is how. And this is one of the things that I, I'm starting to struggle with is where I'm from in the valley. I don't want to say the city I'm from anymore. I just want to say I'm from either the Rio Grande Valley or Texas because I feel the city I represent doesn't give creators, artists, people that are, are getting their name out any support. But you said that they're not. It's a matter of where you go. No, it doesn't matter where you go. So they don't care. Talk about that because... <laughs> That's one of my biggest gripes is like, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously my YouTube channel and all my social medias reach a lot of people from around the world. And I don't want to give the city I live in the love. You're such a hater. I'm not even, yes. <laughs> this is what they've done to me. They have turned him into a <laughs> hater. <A> hater. <laughs> You should zoom in on that part while I struggle on the straw. It was probably those TikTok kids that got me all angry about <laughs> social media. You and the TikTok kids, I swear. <laughs> no, I I put Texas um, for anything that I do outside of the state because I have a big ego. And so I feel like all of us Texans should have it. And we should just say that we're just from the state. German they don't Texas. Yeah, I, I this is my mental space. If I go out of the state to promote my music or anything that I'm working on, I just say the name of the state. Why? Because we have a reputation to uphold Texas. That is true. That when we go somewhere, we must say our state before our city, that period. If you do not do that, your etiquette is wrong and you need to correct yourself. Although there are a lot, a lot of people that know South Padre Island. I don't care. Texas. <laughs> Texas. I am from Texas. Where are you from? Texas. <laughs> not, oh, I'm not going to name the city because whatever. but i found it really funny because when i um when i released the book i was um the children's book that we have for my publishing company what what is the name of the book the the name of the book is um papito and the squeeze box okay and it's part of um uh, it's a book that i got as you know the not i'm not the author of the book the author is uh teresa morales she's out of arizona and I was at an event in Las Vegas. I was at the uh, the Tejano Musical, Tejano Music National Convention in Vegas, and I was promoting my music, selling my CD. And at the time, I was with a different publishing company working for them. This was a totally different company. And this woman saw me, met me at the event, but then messaged me on Twitter many months later, going, "Hey, I know that you." you worked um, in a publishing company, you know, would you mind taking a look at my book and seeing if we can get it published with your company? And um, we started off just, you know, with my publishing company, because it didn't really have a name. And I didn't want to align it with the company that I was working for at the time, because I felt like it wouldn't, it wouldn't mesh, it wouldn't mesh with whatever they were doing. So it wasn't a good product for them. But it was something that aligned with my vision of what I wanted to do, which was release books. Fiction, nonfiction, poetry, children's books. But I felt like the big need was in children's books for Latinos and Chicanos. And all of this, um, Puro Party Publishing is the name of the company, which is, you know, a part of much of the branding, the Puro Party band and, and a lot of that branding that is just with me because of the fact that I felt that education, music and everything should be celebrated. That's that's why I 
kind of put a lot of my things under that moniker because whatever it is, I feel like it's a celebration of my, my Latin and Chicano heritage. And I want to put that out there the most. And so she ended up messaging me. We went through the process. And like I said before, it was really a lot about, you know, going through these hurdles as a first time publisher. Like I'd worked for other companies before, but doing it on your own, you have to go through a lot of different things when it comes to creative, when it comes to the creator, when it comes to editing, when it comes to all these different little aspects to make a book look good. And for me, it was really, I knew what I wanted my first product to look like. And that's what I strived for when, when the book came out and it's, it's a beautiful product. I wish I brought one today. I feel so bad. My mom's going to be like, (laughs) but, um, you know, it's a beautiful book and it is pretty much the reason why I ended up going along with it um, was because at the time I was in the process of writing my children's book. But then I was like, you know what? This is already a fully formed idea. It fits the message of what I want this company to say. So I'm going to go ahead and, and go with your product first and then, you know, have mine for later. Okay. It's no big deal. Like, so next year we'll be releasing another children's book. How hard is it to, to publish a book? Because I know if, once you become published, that's like stature. That's uh, not ego, but it's 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 the next thing. Like, all right, I'm a published author. That's that's actually a big deal. Mm-hmm. So touch on that because I, I don't think a lot of people. I think a lot of people think that it's out of reach. No, when it's not. I mean, I'm an indie publisher. I'm not Penguin. I'm not you know any of these big, I say Penguin because Penguin's probably one of the biggest ones that we, Macmillan, I'm not any of these big companies. I'm just me, this, this little, you know, Mexican American girl out of Bronzeville. Like there is nothing, there is nothing about me that is, you know, la-di-da, has millions of dollars, no. You know, I, I put my money aside and I invested in our culture and in our, in our community. And I think a lot of the people feel so, intimidated because there is a lot of work. It's not something that you can just, I mean, you can, but you're going to be leaving a lot of money on the floor. Mm-hmm. So it's something that does take a lot of research that does take a lot of time. The fact that I'd worked for other publishing companies previously before doing my own that helped, but research, research, ask questions, you know, look things up. I mean, for goodness sakes, Google and YouTube are probably one of your best friends because you at least have the basis for your research tools and then you can go more in depth you know copyrights all that stuff you know on your own time and and looking into you know what you need at that point but it isn't that hard it's more just feeling comfortable and confident in yourself to write your own story and to express your voice because i think a lot of people believe and it's wrong that they do not have anything unique to add to the framework of stories that are being told. And I want you to be very aware at this moment in time, if you are a creator of anything, that Selena, Bad Bunny, Emilio Navaira, um, Juan Gabriel, all these, um, Gloria Stefan, you know, all these different people that are seen I know I'm mentioning a lot of singers, but it's just like all these different people that are Latino or Chicano. Um, oh my God, uh, little Joe and all these others, you know, they are not the only story 
that makes us complex. So that is the thing I want people to understand because I went into the library in San Antonio because I'm still in between the two cities because I still live in both cities. And it was interesting because they had a section, an entire section. And I'm walking in and it was just, it wasn't super big, but it was, um, when I had finally made the decision to go ahead and pick up this lady's book to go ahead and, and make it, I'm walking in and it's just books and books and books all written by Latinos and Chicanos. And I'm walking through there and I'm having a hard time keeping my composure Mm -hmm. because I think to myself, like all this time I have lived in a place where I have never seen this in my entire life. I am a Mexican American. I am 27 years old and I have never seen this many books that that talk about my brownness, about my culture, about who I am, about my my icons, Frida Kahlo, Selena, like all these different people, Sandra Cisneros, like even more than those people, all these different names that end in in Z and S and and they have that like that. And then you come back here and you don't have sections like that. You don't have like that's been one of those things that is such a such a wake up call that our our youth the youth here does not see that they do not see themselves in the art and the literature that they consume right and that is such such a detriment i feel like with the age of the internet we're becoming we're not labeled white mexican we're just we're just beans in an internet because everything is accessible to the internet. I think it's very admirable that you're taking a stance and you're doing this stuff and you're creating content around that because it's, it, it seems to me like it's a dying thing. And that's why I'm super bullish about what I do. Like I'm on the internet. I'm all the time. I'm Mexican, I'm Mexican American, but I want people to see my accent because everywhere else I have an accent. It's it's just it doesn't sound like it to you. It doesn't sound like it to other people here, but to other people out of here, I have an accent, and I want people to see that. Like you know, I'm Mexican American. I'm from Texas. This is what I do. I'm all over the internet. I don't mind being out there and putting myself out there. And I think that's one of the people that what one of the problems that a lot of people have is they're not willing to jump in front of a camera. Ninety nine percent of people will not jump in front of a camera, and I think that's one of the things that people need to do to get out of their shell, but also to explore the internet. And that's, that's what people need to do. Yeah. And I, and I think that it's just, we cannot blend in Mm -hmm. like we, and that's why I tell you like some of the things that I see a lot of YouTubers do, it's like a lot of the big YouTubers. I mean, there's so few Mexican, Mexican American YouTubers that are real big. Like you see the same same ones looking yeah. type of person that you know i mean don't get me they just all talk the same right they all kind of look the same i mean i understand they're different people don't get me wrong but it's just there's something about it that there's no uniqueness to it there's no identity 
at least to me. It, uh, it almost <clears throat> feels like there's a script that you have to follow on YouTube. You have to speak a certain way. You have to talk a certain way. And you have to give out guidelines to every single thing. And this is what I'm going to explain this. It, there's kind of like a formula to, to YouTube. I think for some creators there are, and for others that are on the fringe and do not do that, they have built their own empire. So I am really, like I have watched, you know, Jackie Ina and she is very, you know, you know, African-American, African, you know, positive, you know, um, she was one of the first, at least from what I know, she was one of the few people who's really calling out makeup brands for not having a wide variety of makeup range for everyone. Interesting. Like not just a certain color, a certain like space. Right. She meant like all the way into darker shades. Hmm. And she called that out a lot. You know, and just, you know, she's grown and she and her brand, of course, continues to grow. And, but she her her trajectory in the sense of what she does outside of YouTube is just so interesting because she's just not fitting within that mold. You know, she's going into fashion. She's she's kind of dipping her toe into all these different things. And it's just so interesting because she is uniquely and genuinely herself. Right. She is not behind the shadow of anybody else. And. That's why when, you know, when people say, you know, what do you represent? Well, yeah, I represent a border town. I represent Bronzeville. I represent San Antonio. I represent the areas in which I've lived. So, you know, if I've, at least if I've lived longer than a year to two years there, yes, I represent that area because I created what I created from that area. Yeah. It's, it's a very interesting world we live in because I think the older we're starting to get, the more we feel like we have to make an impact. For me, I sat on the couch for like five, six years listening to, to just videos about motivation. Mm -hmm. Never did anything. Never did anything. I think that was me too. I think that's all of us though. I think we all feel the desire to do more, but it's all, it's all in our head. So, um, well, let me ask you this. Do you think everybody, anybody can become successful in the word that they feel is successful? Yes. Yes. I always believe that. I mean, <laughs> I have come from arduous cir circumstances and under the age of 30 have done all of these different things. Yeah, you have. And I, I don't try to throw that out there as like, Haha, I'm like under 30 and doing all these things. It's just, you know what? I, I am proud of myself. If you find it cocky, I'm sorry. That's, do, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry that, that you feel that way. Yeah. I do, I, I, <laughs> I'm no, sorry. No. I'm <laughs> no, but it's true because I feel like, like if you don't pat yourself on the back, nobody is. Do no, no you. one cares. Like, nobody cares. Like, no. And I think a lot of people think that it's arrogant. Like, oh, you're talking about yourself. And I was like, no, I mean. No, I'm not conceited. Can, I'm just. You can do this. No. I'm, Anybody can do it. I'm not conceited. I'm just convinced. Yeah, that's true. And I think <laughs> I'm just convinced that right. I I'm, I'm just convinced that I am as amazing as I say I am. The more you say it, the more you believe it. And the more no, 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 it's, it. no, 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 no. You just are. I just am. You just are. I just am. I think I, I have. I know. I don't think I know that uh, in my youth, I let a lot of my kindness and a lot of my giving nature mm -hmm. be dictated by people who did not have my vision. Yeah. And, I, I, I and, and, and because you want, and this is kind of going back to that, that topic we were talking about earlier, where it's like, do we say where we're from? Do we right. feel supported where we're from? I will say this. I feel 
that I have been supported by the city of San Antonio. When we released the book, when we launched the book, there have been so many people that have supported me from San Antonio. I feel that I have a large support out of Houston. I wish I could go to Houston more, um, but I do feel a large support out of Houston and I've never lived there, never been there. I have family that's there. Um, I feel like I have a large support out in California. I don't get to go out there as much, but I think it's just, if you feel like a certain area is giving you a lot of support, go there. Go there and be share your energy there but you don't have to necessarily live there because those people will love you no matter where you are they just like like that's for a lot of of musicians like when they go out and they play in these certain cities and towns and and tour they love them but when they come back home they get they don't get the love and support that they do i feel like you almost have to go out so for example you don't I, need it. I was, you don't need to be supported where you are. I'd love to go to the grocery store and have somebody not know who I am. Thank you. I don't need somebody knowing what I'm buying in my grocery cart. Thank you very much. Like, nah, do not recognize me. <laughs> like, Work cap. I, I'm serious. Like, you know what? It is perfect. It is a good. You don't need to be supported where you're from. And, and the reason I say this, because I know we had an argument before yes. <laughs> before this started. I'm going to debate you about this. Debate you. Here's why. Because you know what? It tastes so good when they come back. <laughs> it tastes so good when they're just like, so yeah, we hear through the... I'm like, oh, where'd you hear it? <laughs> was it my TikTok? <laughs> was, it, was it the numbers? Was it the... <laughs> analytics <laughs> no i i just don't feel like you need to be supported where you're from because it and this is maybe this is just the very mexicana aspect of my mind is that i think when you live in places where you're highly supported and when you go out like everyone and their mom wants to talk to you and be with you it doesn't give you time to be you and it doesn't allow for that dissonance between the person that's out there in the public versus the person that's home and with themselves. And well, I need that. I will agree with you on a certain aspect because when when people don't support me, it just makes me try even harder. And I think if people did support me, then I wouldn't try. That makes sense. No, exactly. That's, so, that's pretty much what I'm saying. Like, I do not, not saying that I do not want the support. It's just that it doesn't, it doesn't rule my world the fact that they don't support me. They don't support every little thing that I do because in my mind, the people that are supposed to be around me, that are supposed to give me that love and support, you know, when I was doing school tours, all these kids, you know, they were on YouTube, they were supporting me. They, they would follow me. It was, I want that. I don't need other people who are pretending to support me I don't know. There's just, it, there's just a no. dissonance. Like I know what genuine support is and I'd rather have that than something that's fake. So if right. where, I, so if where I'm from, okay, people don't know who I am. They make me work harder then it humbles me. That's the best way to explain it. It humbled me from thinking, ah, yo soy esta gran la la la. And no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm just an average person doing everything day to day. Now at a certain point when I win my Grammy, no, no, She's I'm not even going to answer my calls anymore. <laughs> no, I'll answer your calls. You're, you're good. Everyone else will get screened. Everyone, Everyone else is getting screened. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very interesting thing because I've always debated that. It's like, man, I, I do so much to give back. And I'm not looking for anything in return, but I kind of am. 
Then you are. <laughs> but 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 I think that's you don't human... you don't do it you don't do it with the intent yeah, of I don't being do it like with the intent of like give me back the love and admiration. No 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 definitely not. But at the same time, I want it to be like all right, this guy is helping out the community like. The something whole, something anything like hey good job dude like that's it that, that's all i want like, nah nah you want a plaque <laughs> black, nah. give him where a plaque mccallan give him a plaque give him a plaque man of the year oh man <laughs> robert lopez <laughs> give this man a plaque man of the year hombre del año i wouldn't even accept it you say you know what from texas I'm not accepting this on behalf of Texas. You're just, Whatever. you're just so wild. He's <laughs> so bitter. You can tell. I, I am, bitter. I am over here, just like, ah, whatever. It doesn't matter. And he's like, it matters. I'm gonna take it out. Matters. I'm gonna take out an ad and just spread it all around the city I live in. McAllen, you live in McAllen. Just that say place, it. That place. <laughs> that place. He's gonna go put it in Rio. <laughs> That'll what? be the highlight of that'll be the highlight why's of RGC. Why this guy's running ads in in RGC? Yeah. Anyways, he's so, gonna run an ad that says "It matters," and his eyes are gonna be like this. That's gonna be my slogan. It matters. <laughs> Bitterness. Bitterness. Dot dot dot. It but matters. Anyway. <laughs> so, Veronique, we're about to finish off the podcast. Are we? We're, I don't want to. We're about to go in an hour. And. <laughs> I got things to do, woman. You sure? <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur. Yes. I'm busy. The dog doesn't say you're busy. <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> Thanks. I'm just gonna. I just add, said the dog. My bitterness. I just said the dog. The I didn't say not, everyone. Dog's not eating tonight. Sorry. I said the dog, not everyone. <laughs> like you went and added like a whole, uh, a whole. I could see you. Your eyes went through a rolodex of people that I didn't even I mention. Saw their faces. Well, Their profile faces on. I think I, before we end it, I think we should still discuss the fact that, you know, community wise, yeah. I think it's more the creative. I think it burns me more when creatives within the area who do have more of a following, who do have a bit more of a voice and a platform, do not go out of their way to put out the next generation of content creators and artists. And that for me is like, oh, so I have everything and I'm going to keep it. Yeah. And then eventually all these people, they're going to have to go somewhere else. So why not give them other people to look at and to, you know, be in communication with? And that's something that I wish would change. I wish that more creatives, I mean, we're not all going to like each other. We all have different personalities, but at least the ones that do, you know, to get together and, and share their platform and share their voice. And that's important. That is important because you build a community and the community builds a kind of mini society of people that will support and protect you and, and keep you going. And that's your gold star. Those yeah. are the people that are going to be like, yeah, this man deserves a dang plaque because he's been working so hard or, you know, X, Y, Z. But yeah. if you only have this tiny group of people and you know, you're trying to reach out to all these different content creators and they're not really, they're not really doing their due diligence to help you. They're just like, Oh, well you put me on. So, you know, yeah, I'll share it like once or, you know, it's just yeah. things like that. Like it feels so disingenuous when you really want to build a community out of people that are like-minded who want to show the city that they live in, who want to show a different view 
of the the area that they live because like i said as mexican americans as latinos you know it is so important to have a different view of what a person's life is like i mean you have kids i don't have children but i you know i have my family you know and my cats and and you know there's just everybody's life is very different everybody's story is very different and that just still comes back to for people who are concerned or nervous about putting out their story, please don't just do it. Whether it's a song, whether it's music, whether it's art, just do it, just do it because you have no idea the type of impact that will have. That is true. I mean, the whole reason that I've done, you know, I'm, I'm working on my fourth album. We're about to go to the studio again because we released one song and we were supposed to release the rest of the album in April. It's May. Yeah. Uh, things chat, things changed, things happened. We were supposed to start our tour in April and things changed, things happened. So we're going to be going back into the studio. It's May. The likeliness of me putting out an album before the summer, we don't know. Realistically, probably not. It may not come out till, till next year. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll put out music. We'll do music videos within, you know, reason, obviously. Um, but just everything else is just it's up in the air musically creatively you know i i just got out of a five car accident and i'm having issues with my hand so i haven't been able to paint you know all these different things are happening and i felt like so when you were asking me when all this stuff went down it happened around the time that i just got into an accident i couldn't do anything anyway Interesting. So it was like, I wasn't really, I knew what was going on. I was fully aware that there was something happening. Our work had been kind of like tentatively walking on it, but creatively I was working. I had put music down. I had selected songs already for my record since, you know, the summer before we had been writing. We're still, I'm still writing. Uh, This record for sure will be, I think there's a reason why it's taking the time that it's taking to release. Because this will prob- this will be a English and Spanish, a bilingual Tejano album. Okay. Um, it will include some different takes on Tejano and country blended together. Interesting. There will be English songs, of which I wrote, and Spanish songs. Um, the album will be about 75% written by me. Wow. This is probably the first time that that's happened for the fourth record. Because prior to this, I wrote like one, maybe two, and then the rest would be, you know, written by another writer who I like, who I would trust had the vision in mind for what I wanted. Right. And that's another thing is like people really think they're like, oh, you wrote the song. I'm like, no, I didn't write it. Like, you need to calm down. Not everyone writes their music. (laughs) Like, there's very few people that do. And even those that do, you see that there's a co-writer on there. (laughs) There's a reason because, you know, I... Not all of us are perfect. Like even Taylor Swift has co-writers, for goodness sakes. And I saw, she's I saw her movie. It's was really good. I mean, I saw that one and there's another documentary that I would suggest people also go watch and it is uh the Foo Fighters documentary. I saw that one too. Oh man. Yeah. It makes me just want to go out on the road and just say, you know what, screw it. <laughs> well, you don't have kids. I mean, I'm just saying, well, I mean, he has kids and he just goes off. <laughs> But I mean, it's still, it's still like the love and the passion for it. And in such an uncertain time to have this be happening 
And for me to be at peace at times, I feel guilty because I don't, outside of, you know, my, my arm and, and other physical ailments from accidents and surgeries, I finally feel within my element. I finally feel, I feel like this was needed for me. I would not have gotten this opportunity had this not been happening. It's, it's, it's a very interesting thing because a lot of people feel like it's a blessing in disguise because they got to do the things that they wanted to always try. You know that, that movie, Bruce Almighty? Yeah. Where like everyone sends in their prayers and then he just goes, beep. Yeah. I think that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody, because I'm not even lying. Like my New Year's resolution was to take time to do this, do that, do that, and do this. And then I got it. Yeah. And how many times do we do that? Never. No, no, I'm just saying, like, how many times do we put that as something that we're supposed to do for the new year? Like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to take time to spend with the kids or yeah. I'm going to take time to be more involved or I'm going to take time to launch this or do that, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And we never do it, yeah. not because we don't want to, but there's never time. Exactly. Yeah. There's never time. You're, you're right. And so that's why when it comes to my record, while, yeah, I felt a little bad that I didn't keep this imaginary timetable that I set for myself. In, on the other note, I was like, you know what? Things are going to come out when they need to come out. Not when, yeah. not when I think is the right time, because at this point, everything's moving digitally. And I'm, I'm one of the few Tejano artists that is digital. And that is kind of hard. It's hard to be the only one. I think, I think Tejano is just going to have a huge bounce back once, once it gets into the digital world, because it, it, it just needs to support more than one person. Right. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is it's we talked about that earlier. Is like there's other certain people that are in certain areas that just don't support unless you're from out of town, which is kind of annoying. Yeah, but, I mean it doesn't it doesn't make sense to be from a certain region and not support people from other regions and just keep supporting like whatever is being told industry wise to support. And it's been something that I have just come to terms with. And uh, understand completely, you know, I've been nominated at least six times for an award and represented the Rio Grande Valley and have had no qualms or concerns about it. I represented it when I lived in McAllen. I represented it when I lived in Bronzeville. The way I saw it, it was it was representation yeah. because people from the valley, I mean, outside of, you know, the, the valley singers, you know, Lucky Joe, Elida Reina, um, which I think she's moving um, to San Antonio, if I'm correct, she's leaving the Valley and going to San Antonio. Um, Jesse Turner from Grupo Signo, you know, all these, um, the Pulidos who were originally from here. And I think they're kind of in different spots, but you know, you would expect that, you know, big names like that would be trying to push more artists from the Valley who were here to like, I'm not saying that they have to give everything, but it's just like to just a tiny little, like, here's your tiny little platform. Right. Tiny. Yeah. Just stand right there. Show me what you got. Just, just right there. Yeah. It, it's not very large, and but I think that that's just like your toe. And I think that's, that's plenty. <laughs> that That's literally plenty. That's plenty. It's that's plenty. plenty enough. I mean, I'm just saying other artists, period. And this is, I'm just mentioning those because those are the ones that I know that are really big here in the Valley. Like if there was a show, people would come out for them. And at the end of the day, it's, it still comes down to, you know, are the people that are your, you know, your legend, your, I'm sorry, your legacy acts is what I call them. Um, your, are your legacy acts 
you know, pushing the next generation of musicians within the area, not like over in Honduras or God knows where, like, no, from the area that they live in. If they're not, you know, you have to ask yourself a lot of questions is, are they, you know, are they supporting the industry's growth or are they supporting their pocket? It's just a simple question like that. It was the reason that, you know, at the time when I did my tour, I was really, when I did my tour around Texas, I was very determined that I needed to, even though, you know, I was paying for everything out of pocket and I didn't have a lot of money to still try and get people who wanted to open up for the show. Even if I lost money, you know, to open with the idea, of course, you know, sadly, you know, they had to play for free and in other situations, I actually started paying them because it started to get bigger before we had to, you know, before the end of that particular set of the tour. But it was still, it still came down to the fact that, you know, we wanted to showcase other artists because there was no, there still isn't other opportunities with big name artists to, yeah. to push new artists that, and we are considered new for at least like three or four albums, which for me is way too long, but I get it because our industry is just so Tejano and country. I mean, music in general, to be very honest, it doesn't even, it's not even just us. I think music in general, it takes about 10 years before yeah. you really start to see traction. Taylor Swift. I mean, look at look at the history of every single musician but that's that has great, gotten big. That's a great thing about it because it kind of weeds out the people that aren't willing to do the work. That's what I kind of like about it. Like, if you're not willing to do it long term, you're not going to make it. No, no, you're not. But it's just like, it's just also the type of work that you do. Because you could go 10 years and just be ab doing absolutely nothing. Yeah, and then it's true. just like, okay, well, what were you doing for the last 10 years? <laughs> but it is it is interesting. I do enjoy the work that I do. I do enjoy the path that I'm on. It's just such a weird space to be in right now where, you know, I came in, I came into this house, but of course, before I got here and I had, you know, a mask on. And he's like, oh, no, we're fine. I'm like, oh, okay, take it off. And it's just, that's the type of yeah. space that you live in, you know, where I have to ask questions. I'm the one having to ask these questions online. You know, how are we going, how are festivals going to do it from now on for Tejano artists? Yeah. You know, how are we going to do A, B, C, D, and E? You know, there's a, there's a clip out there because when it, when it officially hit the San Antonio area, because they literally started shutting stuff down rather quickly. Once it started happening, it was the, uh, it was around the time of the Tejano Music Awards fanfare. And they called me and they asked me, because um, I was very vocal with the city of San Antonio online, asking what measures were being put in place to protect the artists. Right. I wasn't worried about the public because I felt like, you know, hey, you know, you're saying X amount of people, washing stations, you know, coverings if you have any you, ch you can choose to but you know not such a large group of people and i thought okay you know that's everybody's kind of doing that that's cool right but what really concerned me was that there was no protocols being discussed about how to protect the musicians in these crowded areas where you know they boast the the event boasts itself about three hundred thousand people maybe more maybe close to half a million people that go in there for the four days. Damn. And for me, it was like, okay, who, what are the protection 
protections in place for the artists? Have they been told they need to bring mics? Have they been told they need to sanitize? What are the sanitation measures between bands? Well, that's one of the things. Was that Festivals is, in general. Yeah, this is such an unprecedented time that there there are no protocols for anything like this. So, like, what do you go for for that? It's not the CDC because they're going to give you guidelines, which are very blanketed guidelines. But what do you do in a festival? What do you do in a gym? Like, these are just, there's a ton of gray area. Exactly. And I, w- I just wish that we could have, as a community, as an industry, come together and put together guidelines. In me- like, within, I mean, we could have. We could have. That was a moment for us. And then, you know, the TV, the TV station over there was asking me, oh, well, you know, do you, you know, do you feel X, Y, Z? And I said a lot of different stuff. But, of course, you know, TV being TV, they, you know, shorten it to a very wow. short amount. But I had said, you know, I'm more than happy to have the event keep going. But the issue is that there's not, I mean, for me as an artist, you know, I'm already injured as it is. So I'm already, I already can't go, but I'm thinking about other artists, you know, what are the safety protocols from here on out? How are we as a community looking at this situation and trying to protect it? If you're just, if you are just addressing the public, how the public is going to be protected, then that's not enough. Because we as musicians and artists, we create the entertainment for the public to view and consume. If we get sick, who will be there? Exactly. We're not, we're not, we're not dispensable. I guess that was my thing is at the time I just felt, and I still do. We are not dispensable pieces of, you know, pieces of product. Yeah, it, it all works together. I mean, for example, like restaurants, what's the new training protocol going into a COVID-19 world. Like, there's not one. No. There are recommendations. Yeah. But there's no protocols. There's no new training procedures. I mean, I think it's just, it's it's a matter of getting our medical professionals and our music professionals within the state, our artists within the state, to sit together and have a roundtable conversation about what we feel are safety protocols going forward. You know, and and I think that's what will make a lot of musicians and a lot of people feel so much safer going out into public areas and performing because a lot of people are out of work. A lot of, you know, I I'm very blessed that I have a very um, good relationship, a good communicative relationship with the the Texas Music Office. Um, And, you know, they were sending me information about how musicians can get, you know, unemployment you know, if they file and, and all these different things. And it was just something that was just completely like over my head. I never right. thought that we were be, that we as artists and musicians would be able to have that. Yeah. But I mean, there's some full-time musicians that that is their job and they're now out of work. So when I, but when I um, push these questions forward about our safety and about our, our medical situation and about our financial situation and all these different things they're always done with the good of the whole not the the good of the many not the good of the few yeah right because very few the the few have kind of like a little nest egg but many of us do not have yeah. that luxury of a nest egg of a situation where we can be free that way yeah, be taken care of when shit hits the fan exactly but Veronique, I feel like we can talk forever. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but by the way, guys, before we finish off the podcast, uh, I'm going to just cheers a little bit. Of There's a little bit there. I was about to say we can't cheers if there's nothing it. in there. That's bad luck. 
So as many of you know, I got into the wine business and One Hope Wine. If you go onto the link that I post in the bio. And pin in the comments. And pin in the comments. You'll actually help support a nonprofit right here in the Rio Grande Valley or in Texas. No, keep going. I'm, I'm, I'm giving this subliminal messaging. Keep going. And if you like what you heard, hit that subscribe button below. Hit subscribe. the notification bell and you'll get notified every single time subscribe. I upload a video. <laughs> Veronique, thank you very much. Cheers. No, no. There's nothing in there. There's. Uh, okay, fine, there fine, fine. For you guys who don't know why I'm being so nitpicky, it's there is a thing. There is a thing. A dicho. That you cannot cheers somebody if, if if the glass is empty so i keep looking at his glass and no he, now it's empty no wait wait no i'm not doing it again <laughs> no all right guys we'll see y'all soon make sure to subscribe and go find me veronique at uh, veronique medrano tejano singer artist and all around jack of all trades over on instagram twitter snapchat and wherever you cheese me on your friends at Veronique956 or Veronique Medrano. And if you can't figure out how to spell my name, thankfully, he'll be putting it right here. I doubt it. Okay, fine. V E R O N I Q U E. So, see y'all later. Bye. Bye. It's the Joshua Morales Podcast. Probably the best podcast in the universe. It's the Joshua Morales subscribe button and don't forget to hit the like button and also to get daily updates hit that ring a ling a ding 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 bell for notifications as soon as a video comes up